We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast. This is a podcast where we try and encourage you on your walk with Christ to live out faithfully 168 hours every week. And we try and do a couple different things while we're here on the Faith 168 Podcast. Lately, we've been focusing on studying different books of the Bible, but we're going to get back into some of the original things that we were doing at the very beginning of the Faith 168 Podcast. And that's bringing up topical discussions and answering tough questions, uh, tough theological questions, as, as we've posed it before. And that's what we're going to do today. And I'm so glad to be back with uh, another episode of the Faith 168 Podcast. I am here with one of our co-hosts, which is Brother Brandon Bramlett. How are you doing today, Brother? I am doing great. Thank you for that uh, introduction. It's good to be on the Faith 168 Podcast once again. Awesome, awesome. And I, I guess now we can have a drum roll because Brother Rob is back on the podcast. Hey, Brother Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Excited to be back with you guys. It has been a, um, feels like a long time since since we've done one of these uh, together. But right. I'm, I'm so excited. I know that um, uh, I've got all but two classes done for my master's degree, and I'm just taking those one at a time. And uh, I'll be graduating in December. Uh, thank you guys for your prayers and, and thoughts about uh, that. <clears throat> it's been a long journey, but uh, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm just excited to to be back and uh, to get into God's Word and, and talk about these tough dis- uh, theological discussions with you guys. Yeah, and we're glad to, to have you back. And if you've been wondering... Brother Rob today is not on here just as a guest. He is completely back with us. He's ready to to get back into the loop. He just took his short break for, for his college, and we're so glad to have him back. But as I said before, we're going to be discussing a, a deep theological question today. And uh, I think really what it revolves around is this idea of progressive Christianity. And, and we'll get to the question here in just a moment, but I think we need to have an understanding of what progressive Christianity is. And, and simply, uh, progressive Christianity is this new idea that the Bible is, is very inclusive of Really, what the Bible says is demonic doctrines. Is you know we we read through the book of James. We talked about many different demonic doctrines, uh, especially the ones concerning gender and sexuality. Where where you know to follow Christ, we have to sacrifice things that don't align with His will. And this progressive Christianity isn't based on really following the will of God, but more following your desires. And so. No longer are we called to conform to God's will, but this progressive Christianity says, God, your will needs to conform to ours. Would y'all agree with that definition for progressive Christianity? Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. And and so 
progressing Brown. away, you know, right. progressing, progressing away, away from right. what uh, Christianity actually is. So not really progress, but more like drifting. But you got to call it progressive because that sort of disguises and shades what it really is. You know, it's right. it's drifting away from what Christianity originally is in the name of progress and making changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, digressing. It's digressing. By, yeah, retrogressive yeah. uh, Christianity. <laughs> yeah. And and it's a, a big thing that's happening, especially in, in larger cities uh, like Nashville, Tennessee, Chicago, Illinois, places like that that are a little bit closer uh, to where we are, uh, are, are really going through a lot of these battles with progressive Christianity. We're, we're pretty much at just... That they adhere to an understanding that that uh, the Bible is inaccurate, that uh, God is fallible. In fact, the the person that we're going to look at today that that made a TikTok that Brother Rob found, and and we're going to discuss his his understanding of things and and really open it up to Scripture, but. He even goes as far in some of his TikToks to call Jesus a homosexual and, and, you know, says that Jesus most likely had a relationship with Judas or not Judas, but Lazarus. Uh, yeah. And, and really hits on the fact that Lazarus was the man that Jesus loved. And and he's he's a name that's well known within the progressive uh, movement and and his name is Brandon Robertson, and, and so Brandon Robertson he's uh, a LGBTQ writer. He's an activist, a minister, and what they call a TikTok religious influencer. And this is all just from the Wikipedia page. But he's also known on TikTok as the pastor of TikTok, which I think is a very uh, <laughs> dangerous thing. But he's written on the subjects of millennials, social justice, and progressive Christianity. He considers himself a, a avid LGBTQ activist, and he serves as the pastor of Sunnyside Reformed Church in Queens, New York at this moment. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, there you go, Brandon. Uh, yeah, what a shame on the, yeah, on the, on the reform. reform you know. Yeah, on the word reform. <laughs> Golly, that was a curveball, man. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're you're going to be lamenting that the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, overall, Brandon Robertson, he's been interviewed by a lot of mainstream uh, medias like CNN and, and other media uh places like that, that have sought out his advice on what today is called progressive Christianity. And so uh, I'm going to let Brother Rob share with you the audio and and kind of explain to us uh, the TikTok that you found. So go ahead and play that for us. Here are all the places that the Bible says you need to be a Christian in order to get to heaven. So, so what did we just hear there, Brother Ron? Yeah, so uh, Brandon is uh, has a Bible in his hand, and uh, he says uh, the statement, here are all the places that the Bible says 
you must be a, a Christian in order to get to heaven. And then he flips through the Bible and the idea is, is constantly flipping through it and not finding any place that it says you must be a Christian um, in order um, to make it to heaven. And so uh, we thought that that would be a, a great topic for uh, discussion tonight. Right. And that's definitely a, a deep theological question, even though I think the answer is is pretty simple, but I think it's worth discussing. And so I think we need to to determine two questions, discuss two questions here tonight. And the first is, what is a Christian? And the second is, do you need to become a Christian to make it to heaven? So let's let's start with that. Let's start with what what in the world even is a Christian? Yeah, what are you, Chris? <laughs> yeah, well, my name is <laughs> Christian, name. you know, so maybe I should know a whole lot about that. Uh, but, you know, the, the term Christian isn't actually a big thing in the Bible. Uh, in fact, did you know that, that the word Christian is only used three times in the Bible? Three times, that's it. Yeah, Acts eleven twenty six. it says, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And get this, and in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And Acts 26, 28, and Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And then also in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. And, and I think with this progressive Christianity movement, what we're seeing is they're, they're really relying on terms that weren't used a lot uh, in the first century church and trying to say, where does it say you need to be a Christian to go to heaven? Because there's not a specific verse that says, yeah. hey, you need to be a Christian, the word Christian, to go to heaven. And, and that's kind of the, the philosophy and the debating styles that, that these progress, uh, these people that label themselves as progressive Christians use. They try and, and break it down into a simple form. Well, it doesn't say you need to be a Christian, but I think the evidence is, is pretty clear. In fact, uh, I mean, when you look through scripture, uh, the terms that were most used for Christians in the first century were, you know, like the elect uh, and, you know, your, your brothers and, and sisters and uh, term, terms disciples. like yeah, yeah, disciples and, and things like that. And, and Christian actually in itself was meant to be a derogatory term. You're a little Christ, you know, you're, you're acting like Jesus. And, and then people are like, oh Yeah you know, we are, we like that, you know, you, you mean it is something bad. You're trying to, to bring us down. Uh, but that's exactly what we're called to be. We're called to be little Christs. We're, we're called to act like Christ, live like Christ, follow in his footsteps. And so it's a perfect term to use. And over the years, over the past 2000 years, to be exact, we've, we've really taken that term on to, to understand, you know, who we are in our walk with Christ. And so, so again, the question is, what is, what is a Christian? Yeah. So uh, Ephesians chapter one, 
Paul's writing to uh, the church at, at Ephesus, and this is his greeting in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, to the faithful saints in Jesus Christ at Ephesus. And so the idea of, of Christian is the Christian is, is the word that is used by outsiders. Um, the, the, the term that I, I think best sums up what a Christian is, is the saint. Um, and, and that's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny because in today's world, um, we all take on this false humility and we say, well, I'm not a saint, but if you're saved by the blood of Jesus, then you have been set apart for the purposes of Jesus and being set set apart is the, the process of becoming a saint. Um, we are, are given Jesus's righteousness once we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing about righteous, righteousness is you either have it or you don't have it. There's, there's nothing right. in between. Um, and so if you are righteous, you are as righteous as you ever could be. Um, and, and so as saints, um, we are the, the righteousness of God in Christ. And in the word Christian, it, it was really in Antioch used in other places, uh, as you said, as a derogatory term. But it was also what happened was uh, the way that the city was was laid out. It was like most other cities. There was a wall around the outside of it to protect it from invaders. Uh, then on the inside, there were other walls that would kind of to separate different portions and people would often live in the part of the city uh, that was based on the type of people that they connected themselves with. Um, So there are many different sects of Jews, um, but the the Jewish people, they weren't making a big impact in Antioch. Uh, But when when the the Christians started um, having authentic community, when they brought life change, when they brought a, the presence of God when they when they brought um, about the idea of, of caring for the widow and the orphan, when they uh, fed the hungry, when they clothed the naked, when they um, went to visit those in prison, when they did what it, what it means to be a Christ follower, they were making a difference in the community. And so um, the, the people looked at them and they had to come up with a new name for them because they weren't just Jews because the Jews didn't do this. Um, and so they come up right, with right. Christian because it the word um, kind of comes from the, the last part of the word comes from like being of the party of. And so it's like yeah. being the Jesus party. Um, and, and so right. we are under him. He is our head. Um, and so do I have to do I have to claim to be a Christian? No, it's just what I am. Uh, because I'm like Christ, mm-hmm. I'm of His party. He is my head, mm-hmm. and I follow Him. Well, and and two, if we want just a simple definition, because that's what people are really, really into these days, right? Like they want to define everything or to rip apart definitions. And so, I feel like the progressive movement uh, in this is is very much a political movement, even yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in in trying to destroy definitions that have held true for thousands right. of years now. And, and so the the term Christian that's used in those three verses that I just talked about, uh, it, it comes from 
the Strong's Greeks Concordance, uh, reference number 5547, uh, and that's Christianos, uh, which means follower of Christ. Exactly what you just said right there, Brother Rob, you know, that, that you're the party of, you're following Christ. That is the, the lifestyle, that is the identity even of who you are. And, you know, that's another, another thing we can get into in another episode is where, where do we find our identity right there? There's a good theological question right there. But, but what do you think, Brandon, uh, the, the not progressive Brandon, but the, (laughs) the Brandon here on the podcast, what do you think about that? The, the definition, what is a Christian? Yeah, really, I can only just reiterate what you guys have already shared. Uh, like that you mentioned, Brother Chris, the reference, the first reference of the word Christian in Acts eleven twenty six, where the uh, gospel writer Luke, who's writing this second volume, says that mm-hmm. in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Right. So they didn't just come together and think you know, cleverly, like, you know what, it might be a good idea to start calling ourselves something different mm-hmm. and to call ourselves, let's see, Christians, you know, that might really work. Yeah. Actually, it was what the people watching their lives called them. Right. right. And so just drawing it from that first reference in Acts eleven twenty six, a Christian is one who shows that he or she has been changed by the gospel of grace and they demonstrate by the life they live and the things they do that they follow Jesus Christ. Right. That's yeah. kind of where it came from originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing I want to mention that, uh, Brother Chris, you also brought up is really how convenient this argument that uh, Brandon or Brendan is making. <laughs> um, of course, it doesn't say in black and white, you must be a Christian to go to heaven because, as you already noted, that that term wasn't even in circulation until the time of the book of Acts. That'd be like me saying, well, there's nowhere in Scripture that says you have to be Presbyterian right. or you have to be Baptist to be correct in your doctrine. Or progressive, even. Or progressive, yeah. It just falls apart. It's too convenient mm-hmm. of an argument to try to insert that into scripture when, when it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just on that basis alone, this, this argument falls completely apart. Right. Um, what, what one needs to do is see what the scripture says about the qualifications for going to heaven. Right. Which yeah. we'll talk about in just a moment. Yeah. And, and honestly too, when I'm meeting with my fellows, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, I hardly ever use the term Christian uh, when talking to them. I call them my brothers and sisters. I call them the yeah. saints. I call them the elect. I call them the body of Christ. If, if you ever watch uh, the the sermons that I preach on Sundays when I get up there and I do the, the welcoming part of the service, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad to be here with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a joy to worship with the saints this morning uh, because, you know, that's that's our terminology that we use for each other. And, and I like how both of y'all have really pointed out that this is really the outsider's view. These are the Christians. Yeah. And 
But but the definition, the, the literal definition we have for Christian at this moment that, that is held for thousands of years now as well is that a Christian is simply, if you want the book definition, a follower of Christ. And Correct. so I guess that leads us into the next question is do you need to become a Christian to make it to heaven? Do you have, let's, you know, simplify it for everybody because we don't see the term Christian but three times in the scripture, but do you have to be a follower of Christ to make it to heaven? And, and I'd like to, to interject this really fast before we get into the scripture, because that's obviously where we need okay. to go. Um, but, right. but what you said uh, probably four or five minutes ago, brother Chris is um, this idea of identity. And so, so what Brandon is doing um is he saying that you don't have to identify like I identify in order for you to get to heaven? So it's mm-hmm. basically this new age progressive idea. Um, a lot of a lot of progressives believe that there is no hell, um, or that that nobody's going to hell, or that only a very few people are going to hell. Um, and so it doesn't matter how you identify. Um, what matters is, are you a good person? But the, the fact right. of Scripture is the exact opposite. Um, scripture right. says that there's no one good, no, not one. Right. That we've all fallen short of the glory uh, of God. That, and, and so because we've fallen short of His glory, um, we can't stand in His presence. And so in order to mm-hmm. get to the Father, in order to... To, to have the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of our hearts, um, then he has to save us. Um, and, right. and there's a particular way that he tells us that he is going to save us, uh, whether that's John three sixteen where it says you must be born again, born from above, uh, born of the Spirit, or um, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, Paul that explains in Romans that, that, that we have to uh, to repent and believe, um, confess with our mouth, mm-hmm. um, you know. Right. These ideas yeah. um, are, are what Scripture gives us in order for us to be saved. And so the idea that everybody will be saved uh, would be news yeah. to Jesus. It would be news to Paul because that's not what right. they taught. That's what, not what they believed. Right. Yeah. And, and if honestly, if you look through this, this man's uh, TikToks, you, you will find several different TikToks labeled that all humanity is saved. And he goes into a, a very, you know, vague interpretation of one scripture and, and talks about right. you know, all, all will be saved in Christ. Uh, and, and it goes completely out of context, of course. And I think to answer this question, I, I think that was a very good thought process that you just went through, Brother Rob, uh, because the progressive movement that is within, you know, that calls themselves the progressive Christianities, uh, Christians, the, they, they deny the existence of hell, eternal punishment, eternal separation from God. Uh, but they accept the idea of heaven. And, and so, you know, it's it's important to understand, is there a heaven and hell to even have this question about? And I, I think scripture is pretty clear on that uh, because 
uh, we we look uh, at Matthew uh, chapter 25, verse 41 through 46. I'll read that real quick. But this is where Jesus is talking about the day of judgment, right? And, and he separates the sheep from the goats. He puts the goats on his left hand and he puts the sheep on his right hand. And he has this, this thing where he talks to the sheep and he says, welcome home, my good and faithful servants. Y'all, y'all did it. Y'all, y'all really followed me. Y'all did. Mm -hmm. Y'all walked in my footsteps. You were a right. follower of Christ. You were a Christian. Uh, but in, in Matthew 25, 41 through 46, it talks to those on the left of the goats. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in, uh, in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And so I think Jesus is pretty clear right there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he just told us about heaven and hell. Yeah. Yeah, he makes a clear distinction between those that will make it and those who won't. That right. there will be a there will be a winnowing, a separating uh -huh. on the day of judgment between right. believers and unbelievers, the sheep and the goats. Yeah. And you just have to follow this logically and right. ask the question, well, then what is a believer? Right. And we've already defined that that's mm -hmm. synonymous with a follower of Christ or right. a Christian. Yeah. And, and you had a, a quote, Brandon, uh, from J. Vernon McGee. What, what was that quote? Oh, yeah. Uh, I kind of thought of this while Rob was talking about the Christian being defined as a saint so mm -hmm. often in Scripture. Right. And J. Vernon McGee uh, said this about, you know, being a saint and being an unbeliever. He said there's only two kinds of people in the world. He said all of mankind consists of the saints and the ain'ts. And if you ain't a saint, you're an ain't. But if you are a saint, you ain't an ain't. So <laughs> that was kind of hard to say, you know. Yeah. But, I wonder how that was said out loud at first. If that was say that five times fast for us now. Right, so, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm but, sure the way he said it was was probably pretty good. Better than right. that for sure. I, I really like that that quote. And, and I think Jesus is pretty clear here. And if they the progressive Christians really say they submit to Jesus, but they also submit to an understanding that he wasn't necessarily perfect. In fact, the same guy that made a TikTok, he he talked about how Jesus, uh, you know, used a bad term. He and cussed the woman out and called her the B word, you know, and that he had to uh, repent of that. He talked he talked in a message, wow. and I've I've followed this guy for a while, listening to some of the, the crazy things that have been said, uh, twisting scripture. And he's definitely a wolf in, in sheep's clothing. And I have no trouble saying that because I have seen the depravity at which he, he shares scripture. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's nothing short of, you know, heresy. 
Uh, yeah, and right. I think I think things like that have to be called out. But he he ignores parts of scripture when he brings this up uh, to fit his ideology. And there we again we have the the basis for the progressive the progressive Christian movement is that we don't conform to God's will. God conforms to our will. But Jesus is is very clear in this. He came to save us. And what did we need to be saved from? Condemnation, right? Because we were already walking that path to, uh, of condemnation. And, and that's why Jesus said in, in John three seventeen that the Son of Man didn't come into the world to, to condemn it because he didn't have to. It was already condemned, but he came into the world to save it, to save it from that condemnation. And to be saved, I think we can literally go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, where it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And that gives us a clear understanding that those that do not follow Christ in this way they're not going to be saved. They're going to enter into that eternal punishment. And it's not a scare tactic. Jesus didn't come to say, follow me or you're, you know, going to hell and, and try and scare people. He said, he, he came to say, follow me because you're already on that path. Yeah. I'm not trying to send you to hell. I'm trying to save you from hell. And, and that's where people get the the weird understanding, how could we serve a good and loving God if he sends people to hell? And the, and the simple truth is he upholds justice. Uh, he will, he will, you know, strike the gavel. He will sentence you, but he's not the one that puts you on that path. We, mankind, chose to fall short of the glory of God and sin. We're lost in our sin outside of Christ. And if we don't believe that, that basic understanding right there in Romans 10, 9 through 11, if we don't confess and we don't believe, then we're not going to be saved, but we're going to be condemned. All right. So one of the problems with progressive Christianity is, is they, um, they believe in a Jesus that just isn't defined by scripture. Um, so, right. so they believe in um, a man that never existed. Um because Jesus is is not just um, he he doesn't just believe in the law of God. So he came not to um, to to take away the law, but to fulfill it so that we don't have to. He fulfilled it for us. Um, but he's the the writer of the law. Um, he's he's the one that the reason why the law is what it is because it reflects his character. In fact, he went on to say. And what is believed to be one of the greatest sermons uh, ever, the, the Sermon on the Mount, that um, that you can't just not commit adultery. You can't look with lust. You can't not just commit murder. You can't even be angry with somebody. Um, and so what, what Jesus teaches is a deeper obedience than even what the law commands us. He just gives us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and gives us the opportunity, the power, and the ability to do what he's calling us to do. Um, 
and and so what happens is is these guys look at the love of Jesus, and I, I will say that there is a mistake that especially evangelical Christians have made over the years, and that has been that that we have too often forsaken love for the sake of truth. Jesus was full of mm-hmm. both grace and yeah. truth, and, and so we yeah. love. No matter what somebody has gone through, no matter what they believe about themselves, no matter where they've been, or even what they're doing in the moment. However, at the same time, we cannot accept the sin. And and it's cliche, and I don't necessarily like to say it all the time, but it, it goes back to this idea of, uh, of love the sinner, hate the sin. The problem is, is that our culture says that you can't do that. Because in order to love somebody, mm-hmm. you have to accept them. But that's not what love is. That's a mm-hmm. false love. In fact, yeah. that is the exact opposite of what unconditional love is. Unconditional love says, I love you no matter what. But it also agrees with the truth because the the, the fact of the matter is that love is not just an emotion. It's a being. God is love. Uh, And so because he is love, he defines it. We don't, we don't, we don't get to, Mm -hmm. to be the, in our culture, people are doing it. They're redefining words left and right, but we don't get to define the words that God uses. God defines his word. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so for me to say that love is accepting some, somebody's sin is, is to be against the one of whom the the glory um, of his goodness, the sin is against. Um, and so how can I love a sin that ultimately causes grievance to the Holy Spirit? Um, right. mm-hmm. That is the opposite of being Christ-like. Um, and so I love every person on this, this earth, the fact of the matter is that I have to, to address this in myself. I have to, to love myself in spite of some of the things, even in me that goes against mm-hmm. God and, and his nature, his character. I have to fight against my flesh every day. Um, that's not because I don't love myself, but it's because I do, because I know that what Jesus said is going to no more because sin brings death and, and God hates death. Um, and so to celebrate sin is to celebrate death and, and God hates death. And in fact, he is the, the way, the truth and the, the life. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking that. Yeah. He's the opposite. Um, and, and speaking of the way, the truth and the life, the, the disciples are asking Jesus about where he's going or Jesus is telling them that he's got to go away. And they say, where are you going? We, we don't know the way Jesus answered in uh, verse six of John chapter 14. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And, and we understand this. We understand, especially because yeah. of this podcast, there are two Brandons that are involved in this podcast, right? So one is the one who's speaking with <laughs> right. us, and one we're talking about. If if I start talking about my brother Brandon here, but I, I start using the characteristics of the other Brandon, then then you guys are going to start to get confused because I'm talking about a different person. 
in the same way they, they use Jesus, the, the name, um, but they're talking about somebody completely different. And, and you think too, as they say that they have a deep appreciation for Jesus and that they submit to Jesus, that they would read John 14, 6, which you just quoted, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That we see that clear understanding that the only way to be in the presence of the Father, which is heaven, that is heaven yeah, right there. Right. And shows us a clear understanding that if you don't go through Jesus, if you're not a follower of Christ, if you're not a Christian, then you can't be in the presence of the Father, which means that you're separated from God and there's only one place you can be separated from God eternally, and that is hell. That And that's the worst punishment of, of hell right there. But you would think that if they believe that Jesus is the truth, that they would submit to his words, specifically the words that, that I read earlier in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 through 46, where he shows a clear understanding that you know, the, the ones who don't accept him, the ones who don't follow him, the ones that don't walk in his footsteps, the lost, they're going to be eternally condemned. And those that do walk in his footsteps, the Christians, they're going to have eternal life in him. And so we, we've really got to submit to the will of God. And, and that's, again, I bring this up. I sound like a broken record with this. But progressive Christianity is all based on selfishness. God conform to me. But but Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And we should we should let those words resonate in our hearts as well, because the Bible never says, do what you want. Yeah. Why? Because we are evil by nature. Right. We we are fallen. We are selfish. And when we do what we want, it usually 90% of the time, and that's being generous right there, is against the will of God. Therefore, Jesus says, if you really want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross and then you can follow me. So what do you think, Brother Brandon? Well, I can just only reiterate uh, what you guys have shared once again. Um, I think John fourteen six is very defining, though, even though it might not be very inclusive or comfortable or popular. But mm -hmm. Jesus says there is no other way. That's right. right. And he loves us enough to tell us that truth. He says, I am the way. It's exclusive. I am the truth and the life. You cannot get to the Father except through me, mm -hmm. which means you can't get there through trying harder. You can't get there through good works. You can't get there through church membership, baptism, religion, giving money to the needy, giving food to the needy. You can only get to the Father through the finished work of Jesus Christ, through okay. Christ. Yeah. And, and, you know, to answer that original TikTok, this pretty much sums it up. Yes, you do have to be a Christian to go to heaven, but unpacking that, what Christ means is you have to be one who follows him and believes in him and trusts in him uh, for eternal life in order to see the Father and go to him. Yeah. And so I think, you know, if you get to the end of this, this, 
podcast today and you're not sure if we answered the question, Brother Brandon just kind of answered it plainly there for you. But yes, uh, first and foremost, a Christian is a follower of Christ. And to go to heaven, you must be a follower of Christ. You must conform to the will of God. God does not conform to your will. You must conform to his. And so I want to thank everybody for joining us here on another uh, episode of the Faith 168 podcast. And we want to hear what you think. So if you have some comments, maybe you disagree with us. Uh, don't message us if you dis. No, I'm just kidding. Message us. <laughs> if you have a disagreement with us, share with us your disagreement. We'd like to talk about it. But if you have something to add to it, as well in agreement to what we talked about, shoot us a message on our Facebook page, the Faith 168 Podcast. And if you run across any questions, deep theological questions you would like answered, or maybe you run across a crazy TikTok like the one that we just shared today that you would like us to look at and talk about a little bit more, go ahead and shoot us a message on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we would love to, to help you out in any way we can by answering any of these deep theological questions, which is what we're all about here at the Faith 168 Podcast. But Brother Brandon, Brother Rob, it was so great uh, fellowshipping with y'all again and, and doing another episode. Brother Rob, I'm so glad that you were back. Brother Brandon was driving me crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but Brother Rob, will you go ahead and dismiss us in prayer? Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much for all your your many blessings, God, your your mercy and your grace that um, even before the foundation of the world, your your word says that uh, that you um, were were crucified. That that it was uh, a done deal. It was made up in your mind that um, you knew what we were going to do, the mess we were going to make. Um, you, you knew me personally. And each person that's listening to this, you knew them personally before the foundation of the world. You knew every sin that we were going to commit, yet you loved us anyways. Um, that even while we were enemies of yours, that um, uh, that you died to reconcile us to you. And we thank you for that. God, I, I pray specifically for, uh, for Brandon, uh, as well as all of his followers, God, that, that they would see your truth, God, that... Um, they would see that um, these ideas, they're not scriptural. They're, they're, they're not um, your words, God, and that, that they would repent, which is, just means to, to change their mind and to, uh, to, to look to you as the only means of salvation. God, I pray that, uh, that you would use this message to, uh, to reach people that, uh, that, that might believe on the contrary and that, that you, not, not to... Um, our conversation or our ideas, but through your word and through your spirit that you would convince people um, that there is one way uh, and you are that way, that if we want to see the Father, if we want to have everlasting life, if we want to um, experience your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, that we have to go through you. Uh, once again, we just thank you for the opportunity to um, to, to be able to be a part of, of what you're doing. God, we pray that um, that you would bless each one that's listening. Um, and until next time, God, help us to live faithfully 168 hours of every week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.